Welcome back to another episode of Organic with OG Adriana, a podcast that explores the intersection of authenticity, mindful consumption, and radical motherfucking healing. I'm your girl, your host, Adriana, aka OG Adriana, if you're nasty, and y'all, we back. Um, unexpected hiatus. Um, <clears throat> I will say the hiatus was for no other reason um, than the fact that I was curating some goddamn content for the month of June. So first and foremost, on a whole bunch of black shit, it is Black Music Month. Um, so shout out to all of the African American, the black American motherfuckers out here creating music. Um, we are definitely the culture. Um, and the culture oftentimes does start and end with the music. Um, and by the culture, I mean the worldwide overall culture, black Americans run that shit, whether or not you want to accept that or not, that is just the reality of that situation. Right. But I say that to motherfucking say June is African-American music month. So yeah, shout out to all the black ass musicians. Um, June is also the month in which Juneteenth happens, and I am positive we will talk a lot about Juneteenth in the coming episode, but if you don't know, now you motherfucking know Juneteenth is when um, the Black folks in Texas, when rather the union decided to finally tell the indentured servants, um, the criminal or the captives of war, um, because I don't like to necessarily use the word slave, but them black ass niggas, they finally decided to tell us in Texas that we were free. Um, and Juneteenth, June 19th commemorates that date. Um, so a lot of festivities, a lot of black ass things are also happening. Um, also y'all, June is Pride Month. Um, so shout out to all my fellow queer alphabet motherfuckers in this bitch. Um, shout out to all of the people who understand that when we say Black Lives Matter, and obviously that movement is controversial, but the actual just like colloquial term of Black Lives Matter, when we say that shit, we really do mean all Black Lives Matter. Um, so shout out, like I said, to all my fellow queers out there. Um, I hope you have a great consensual, um, safe Pride Month. I hope that, you know, our voices are heard. Um, I hope that yeah, some progress be made. Shout out to Marsha P. Johnson, because if it were not for a black trans woman, pride would not even exist. Goddamn. So if you are one of those racist ass, non-inclusive ass, queer ass people, um, yeah, first of all, why are you even listening to this podcast? Second of all, pay homage, um, give the flowers where they are, where they are due, rest her soul. Um, Marsha P. Johnson, 
you know, the motherfucking vibes. You know, we always have to bring it back to black shit. Goddamn. Um, but yeah, um, other current events in the world, um, it's kind of being really sad. Rest in peace to trouble, y'all. I have talked about this man on this podcast and how motherfucking fine he is and how beautiful his accent is and how just dope I think he is, like in his interviews specifically, um, all his lip service interviews and things like that. Um, I yeah. It, it fucking sucks. The situation sucks. It's scary. It's literally a true crime episode, you know? Um, so definitely rest in peace to trouble. Um, I'm praying for his family, obviously have them in my thoughts. Um, and yeah, just everyone involved. That is a very, very sad and unfortunate situation all the way around. But that goes without saying another story that in hip hop that happens to be like one of those true crime episode stories and is so sad and unfortunate to hear. Um, and I'm sure y'all people have heard it by now, Metro Boomin's mama involved in some domestic shit, got killed by her husband, boyfriend, whatever. Super fucking sad. Um, the, the reason I mentioned these two stories specifically, um, are because y'all, I know that it is so much easier said than done, but if you were in these relationships that you know are not serving you, whether that those be platonic relationships, whether those be um, romantic relationships, if you're in these relationships that do not serve you and like you're constantly feeling like energetically off when you're around these people um, and you're always feeling like you're trying to piece together puzzle pieces, goddamn, that don't motherfucking fit you really should consider not being in those situations because um, at the end of the day, you're not responsible for someone else's mental health um, as they are not responsible for your mental health. So putting yourself in situations where you can unknowingly trigger someone to do something super dark or and vice versa, um, it's just not safe. It's just not healthy to keep yourselves in them motherfucking situations. So um I mentioned those stories um because obviously super fucking sad. Um Metro Boomin is some person who's talked about mental health or who has struggled, you know, or I won't even say struggled, but has kind of been secretly open about mental health, you know, taking long breaks, um, being really, really out of the spotlight and out of the media, you know? Um, so it is just really sad to see, you know, someone so young having to lose their parent whom they were allegedly very close to like that shit fucking sucks. So take care of mental health. Um, get the folks from around you that don't need to be around you. Goddamn. Um, your spirit will tell you. So listen to that hoe. Um, but yeah, moving right along from the sad stuff. Um y'all, that that's kind of all I really want to talk about in the current events as far as my life, y'all. My baby is gone with his daddy. He's been gone for a little bit of time, y'all. So I've been resting. Honestly, I've been going to sleep at like six o'clock on my off days. Like one day I literally stayed in bed all day, like 18 hours of sleep literally in the bed, like ordering food. <sighs> and my body needed every bit of that rest, right? I I desperately needed that rest because, yeah, I just haven't been feeling great. Um, I am changing a lot of lifestyle things, a lot of 
eating things, which we'll get to. Um, because yeah, I'm not doing good. And when I'm very stressed out and the seasons are changing, my skin is not okay. Um, fuck eczema for making my skin so fucking shitty and my sensitive ass immune system for always being triggered by so many allergens. Um, because my skin is shit right now. So I'm currently nursing my skin back to health by de-stressing and decompressing and getting all of my rest that I've needed and, you know, really cultivating the space that I want to be in. I've been cleaning and nesting like no fucking other, right? Um, yeah, and all of these things. So all to kind of nurse myself back to health. Um, but yeah, I say that to say, nigga, I've been lazy as hell these last couple of weeks since the last time I talked to y'all. Um, I got to play music manager to Kellen. Shout out to my nigga Key, who I'm sure on this podcast y'all know about um, already. I got to play manager for his first um, solo R&B set, which was really fucking dope. And I enjoyed it. And I got to rub elbows with really nice people in the city and give hugs. Um, also talk to really weird white people, which we not going to talk about today at all. Um but yeah, that was a very dope experience. And this made me kind of, kind of think about where, where my place in this music industry situation like lies, because, um, y'all know I've always had this like dream and passion to like fit into the music industry somewhere. Um, however, not as the face of music, y'all already know about the pop out situation. Nigga, if I pop out on SoundCloud with a motherfucking mask with a hidden identity, don't be alarmed. Goddamn. Um, but as an artist rather, um, but yeah, I've been kind of like figuring out where I want to be. Um, and when I think about like an A&R, like that is such a broad term. And when I think about like a manager, that's um it's kind of broad as well when I think about um just like artist development and things like that um that's very broad um so in me being the person that I am already being this sporadic person this very random person who gets super invested in so many things um I'm really trying to take a step back and really figure out where you know life is navigate or life is taking me and I'm trying to navigate that um as divinely as possible right or as divinely and spiritually led as possible um but that being said, that was a really cool experience. Shout out to Kellen um, and all the folks that was there because it was super dope talent and just good vibes. Free tequila is always a great thing. Um, but yeah, um, just so we can move on to the fun things that we have planned for this episode. I have a really dope conversation. If you don't know, now you motherfucking know. Um, but we'll get there. Uh, but just to recap last week's episode or a couple of weeks ago episode y'all that was entitled i choose me goddamn featuring the ceo teddy the legacy a person who has been grinding in this music shit for a very long time who's been grinding um with their in their ceo bag for a very long time a person an aries goddamn who i feel energetically you know like just very connected to like I feel like this person has great conversation so shout out to Teddy the Legacy if y'all have not listened to that episode go run that whole bag um y'all ran the fuck out of that episode actually when it initially dropped um so go run it back go listen back go listen to gyms pick up on some things that you may have missed out on the first time around but y'all that episode is really dope but let's get into the things that I am currently motherfucking ingesting y'all <laughs> 
All right, y'all. So at this point, it does go without saying that when I say the things that I am currently ingesting, I mean all the many ways in which you can ingest things, um, not just food by means of your digestive tract, but the hobbies you have, the company you keep, the music you're listening to, the things you're watching, all the many things that can be ingested into your aura, into your spirit that can affect the way that you think and feel and move about life, right? Um, I do use this segment as an accountability tracker so I can see what the fuck I've been ingesting um, so I can um, kind of track my moods and track just my health and everything um, and my spiritual hygiene um, based on the things that I've been ingesting, right? Um, but I say all that to say, nigga, since this is an accountability tracker, right? And I have been talking to y'all week after week after week for the last couple of weeks, the last couple of months about the cheese that I've been eating. Um, I have finally decided that I'm going to chill on as much cheese I've been eating. Granted, um, I w- had been eating cheese maybe every day for the past couple of months. Um, and my skin is fucked. And I did kind of talk about this in the intro recap situation. Y'all, my skin is not skinning. Um, I do have very bad like contact dermatitis as well as other types of eczema. Um, I have just super sensitive skin. My being in itself is very sensitive um, to everything. So yeah, when something, and speaking of, there is a mother fucking mosquito in here and it must die. Like, a mosquito is one ans- insect animal that, y'all, these niggas, I can't let these hoes live at all. So, as soon as I see this bitch again, it's dying. But, that being said, y'all, I have very sensitive skin and my skin definitely shows my body is not its healthiest and my body is definitely not its healthiest internally. So, my skin is showing it. Um, yeah. So, I'm currently healing that. Um, so I guess I can talk about like this in supplements. Um, I have been treating my skin with lots of turmeric, lots of apple cider vinegar, lots of water goddamn lots of coconut water um but also lots of tea tree oil tea tree oil is my go-to that's my og eczema fix right it has been the only thing historically that has been a rem a helpful remedy for me um for my eczema so y'all tea tree oil mommy so if i come around you smelling like a mother- some motherfucking tree bark i apologize however i don't apologize because i'm feeding my skin the things that it wants and needs while it's healing um but yeah as far as like the actual food and drinks that i've been ingesting um other than like that one lazy day that i slept 18 hours that i told y'all about that i ordered food um y'all i have been I bought groceries. I've been cooking foods. I've been eating like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's been pretty good and pretty healthy. Um, I've been just like being very mindful of just like putting good shit into my body because nigga, my, my diet, it, it definitely needed to be cleaned up. I had definitely become one of them Oreos and motherfucking chips, um, vegan, vegetarian, plant-based person. And that doesn't work for me. Like it just doesn't work. And as I get older, as my lungs get like worse, 
worse. And speaking of my lungs getting worse, y'all, I am trying very, very hard to stay away from tobacco products. Y'all know I have that backward addiction that we've talked about so much on this podcast. But y'all, I'm making a very intentional decision to chill and Rillos as well because y'all, my lungs, I, I just can't. I do not want to suffer at the expense of my own body in any kind of way. So I'm cleaning up everything right now and I don't know if it's because it's the end of spring almost summer that this spring cleaning phase of mine is really um in full effect but nigga it's in full effect we here (laughs) we right motherfucking here but y'all moving right, right along um Oh, shout, um, as far as media, right? Shout out to Kaylani, my baby. Like, she's so motherfucking fine, my goodness. Um, but I finally watched, like, her promo run, I guess, for this last album. I haven't finished watching the Big Boy interview, but I did watch her Andy Martinez. Um, I did see that she did Elle's Song Association, even though I really don't like Elle's Song Association. Terrell is, Terrell Grice is a thousand percent better than any other person who could ever try a song association on youtube but i did watch that um so yeah kaylani's growth her press run is it's pretty cool it's dope to watch i've been following kaylani's career since 2014 um so it just it feels really good to see that she's at a place in her life where she's she just seems so peaceful and calm and her hair is flourishing and her skin is flourishing she's just so fucking brown um so shout out to Kaylani in that press run um what else have I been watching y'all I haven't been watching too much of anything um I did finally start um Real Housewives of Atlanta y'all know that is the one Housewives franchise that I love that is the one reality show that I continuously go back to after all the years um and at this point it's the Candy Burris show um Everyone else is kind of lackluster to me. Sheree's funny and she's beautiful and she's serving motherfucking face. However, just her Sheree, she just acts like a teenager to me. And then, oh, I, I have found the mosquito, friends. I have found the mosquito and this bitch must go. Romeo must die looking ass. <laughs> Rest in peace, Alia. But yeah, I. Marlo is serving her little Marlo looks, you know, I like how transparent she's being or like vulnerable she's being, you know, now that she does officially have her peach. So she has like a little more stake um, and she has more, a little more incentive, I guess, to be more vulnerable. Y'all, I gotta get this motherfucking mosquito. It has to die and it did, bitch. Ah. Okay, but anyways, um, but y'all, Drew, Drew fucking Sedora and this nigga Ralph. I fucking hate these niggas so much. And the thing is, I don't even hate Drew. I just think Drew needs a lot of therapy and I need, think she needs to be removed from this very toxic relationship with a narcissist, a very textbook narcissist um, who allegedly is battling with their sexuality, um, which could cause all, which could also cause more mental health struggles. Um, shout out to all my queer people that are living in the closet and that are battling certain things. However, nigga, if you are projecting on other people and you are harming other people, um, like that, that's just not good. That's never cool. It's never a thing that I, I want to happen. You feel me? Um, or that it's never a thing that's ideal to happen. So when I see Drew and her husband interact in the way that they do in this very toxic way, and this don't got nothing to do with him allegedly being gay or anything like that, but more so when I see them interacting in such an unloving and just like toxic way, like you can just see in his eyes that he is manipulating her and you can see in her eyes that 
she knows that he's manipulating her, but she doesn't want to believe it. And she's holding on to the faith of her not, of that not being a thing. Like, oh, my perfect husband, I'm living this life. He can never, he accepted my child. He can never, he would never harm me. He's completely telling the truth, but like she knows in her spirit that it's wrong. So this goes back to what I was saying earlier about just getting out of these relationships that are not fulfilling you. Like literally, if you're having a question, if you're having to battle a person all the time, like it's not worth it. And if it's violent and if it's combative, like nigga, it's definitely not worth it. So y'all exhausted of watching Real Housewives of Atlanta. Um, definitely looking forward to seeing this next episode to see what the girls are doing. Um, like I said, it's the Candy Birds show special shout out to Marlo and my fucking charade's face but don't care about anyone else i guess um i've been watching a lot of food youtube as per usual um i'm really trying to read oh my notes oh my gosh i can't even read but y'all i've been binging dmtv again on youtube shout out to dmtv k lala i fucking love her i really want to get her on this podcast at some point to just chop it up about life and to have a conversation just about some real life shit so manifesting that for sure um but yeah if you don't know who dmtv are on youtube they're a youtube mother son duo and they make cool ass content like they do the pranks they do shit like that but they also do like family content and it's very cool seeing the perspective of a single mother who's been through a lot of shit and her children you know so that is um I, I've been watching a lot of that channel because I've been I haven't been watching it for um previously so I've been kind of catching up you know um y'all also something I wanted to mention in media why the hell is a goofy movie every black millennial man's coming to age like story or like why is it something that every black millennial man resonates with so deeply so i may or may not have watched a goofy movie with my little bear or whatever but I may or may not have watched a goofy movie with a few of my little bays or whatever over the years. Like, nigga, what is it about that movie? And I know what it is. A fantastic movie. Fucking Tevin Campbell. That soundtrack is one of the greatest Disney animated soundtracks that exists. However, it is just so interesting to see how much black men who are around my age resonate with that movie. Um, dog let me know y'all's opinions on that uh has a nigga ever made you watch a goofy movie not like made you but like have you ever watched a goofy movie like with a nigga and them being like oh my gosh this is my favorite movie this is the greatest disney movie of all motherfucking time type shit like i think it's adorable and i also think it's adorable when grown men laugh like children i also think it's adorable seeing grown men just bask in their black boy joy that is always uh, beautiful to me but just moving right along goddamn to music so um y'all solana 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 goddamn we need to talk shorty because i'm just confused as to why you feel that we needed and maybe it's, this is not even a Solana. Maybe this is a TDE. Maybe this is a punch. Maybe this is a top dog decision. But nigga, why five years later do we need a deluxe version of Control with all of the SoundCloud songs? First of all, those SoundCloud songs in this era of SoundCloud 
Solana. If you don't know who Solana is, SZA is Solana. Um, but this era of her SoundCloud bag is not my favorite. And for her to take an album that I loved already and to just tack on some songs with it five years later and call it the deluxe anniversary version, like, it just makes no sense to me. Like, there's obviously some sort of business perspective that I am missing um, because there has to be a, re- a reason. There has to be a reason because, nigga, it's, as a fan, as a consumer, I think this is it's just dumb. Like you could have made a five song EP Solana to hold us over until the album, because clearly you're in album mode. It's giving album mode It's giving. You're going to release new music sometime very soon. However, why couldn't you have released like a five song EP? Why are we re-releasing an album five years later? Oh, that's none of my business. I'm gonna let y'all do what the fuck y'all do over there at TDE. I don't know if everything is in shambles because K-Dot is gone on me. No, nah, I know that's not a thing. But I will say, interesting. I found it very interesting that SZA decided to to, to do that. What? It made no sense. Um, And like I said, unimpressed. Um, y'all, I have been listening to a few songs, um, one of which called Benny's Got a Gun by Black Odyssey and ATX Human. Um, and this song features the legendary George Clinton. It also features Benny the Butcher. I have been listening to the, I've been listening to this song like fucking hell. There are vocals by my baby girl, Grace Sorensen, sprinkled all up and down that motherfucking track. It is just a melodic, black ass, nigga, Benny's got a gun on me. <laughs> so definitely go check out that song by Black Odyssey. <clears throat> There's also a new song by Pharrell called, well, produced by Pharrell called Cash In, Cash Out. I'm thinking that Pharrell, that Pharrell is gearing up for his compilation album that I have been waiting for. I've been waiting for a Pharrell compilation album with hella black artists i want this nigga to work with more black people in the year of our lord 2022 goddamn anyways um so yeah he released a song cash in cash out which features tyler the creator who i love his verse and also 21 savage don't love his verse as much but i do love the song in general um shelly aka drum released a song called chocolate cover strawberries which i love i think it's fucking romantic and adorable my little bae does not agree which i think is kind of fucking rude um but nigga it's all good shout out to drum for making amazing does real ass music only <laughs> um Oh, Jay Mill, another ATX native, released a track called Fight for Your Love. Beautiful song. Jay Mill is so professional. I think his voice is flawless. I I, I have no critiques of Jay Mill. Goddamn. Um, what else? Chance the Rapper has a new song called A Bar um, About a Bar. And it's definitely a bar about a bar. Like, it's just like one of those rappy rap songs. Um, You know, when Chance gets in his, like, rapper bag. I, I like when he does that, personally. I don't mind the song at all, kind of. I, I'm looking forward to a full project from Chance. Um, And if this is an indication of where he's going, if he's going back into those rapper days that, you know, that 10 day bag, that acid rap bag, I, w- I would definitely love to see that, you know. Um, What else? But yeah, y'all, I've just been listening to Hella Kehlani. Um, I've been listening to the romantic mix on Spotify because your girl is pretending to be in love again. Goddamn, y'all. 
I am a true Aries. I fall in and out of love every five minutes, y'all. Um, but yeah, I've just been in a very loving mood. You feel me? So the romantic mix on Spotify, and I think it is personalized to each person because I know that there are songs on there that have to be created specifically to me because why the fuck is this playlist full of hits, nigga? It's full of hits. It's like hit after hit after hit after motherfucking hit. But that being said, y'all. I have a very special conversation that I really want y'all to hear. So let's get into the motherfucking topic of the week, which is not a real topic of the week, but you know the vibe. Can you hear us now? Can! Dog, what the fuck is up? Hello. How are you, Amy? What is up, dude? Not much. How have you been? I've been good. I've been so good. How are you? Great. About to have a baby. Y'all are about to have a baby and we will definitely get there. I, I will first of all love to say that if you don't, I'm gonna talk to my people real quick. If um you don't know, now you know. Um, it is the motherfucking month of June, guys, and I have been talking to a whole bunch of men on this goddamn podcast. I have been you know, swooning over these damn musicians and talking about all of these boy things. But I'm ready to talk about girl shit. I'm ready to talk about a whole bunch of gay shit this month. I, I just, I cannot, like, at all. So today, I, we are joined by a, a couple. I've never had a, I've had a duo of, like, musicians, but they weren't, like, in love with each other. Um, so this is my first time having a couple of people here um i have amy and kat and they are married people they are the padillas and first of all i do love that y'all zoom name is literally padillas it like <laughs> so much um so yeah how are both of y'all doing today good uh got off of work and, and uh painted for a little bit and then you know been resting yeah resting today <laughs> it was a rest day for me <laughs> Oh, dude, that is so cool. Like, I I love those days, those days that you can just chill and rest and get refreshed. And Kat, I am positive that those days are especially cool for you. How how does resting with a human growing inside of you? How how has that been? Um sometimes it can be super difficult for me to actually rest because I feel like my mind is like doing a hundred things all at once. Yeah. Um, but my body is tired, if that makes sense. Um, but the rest is so nice when I get it. And I, <laughs> I need it because I'm not sleeping like throughout the night either. And that's another, that's a pregnancy thing I think that uh is typical to rest is good I take it when I can and I'm sure that'll continue once this baby is here too (laughs) yes so y'all we are going to get there we're going to get to baby things and we are going to get to married things um but who are you guys individually what would you individually describe yourselves as so I am a I'm a huge person that loves to learn I think I 
kind of go through life wanting to learn from anybody and everyone. Um, I'm really loyal and compassionate. You know, I try to live my life as, um, as close as I can to how I would want somebody to treat me is yeah. how I go through um, everything. And uh, usually if I can do something good in a day, whether it's like taking care of stuff around the house to make cat happy or make her day a little bit easier. I think that's my favorite part of the day where she comes home and she's like, Oh, that's done. You did that. You did this. And I don't know. It makes my day. So I, what do you call it, babe? Um, acts. I'm um, acts of service. Person. <laughs> so do you like to receive acts of service or do you, are you a like service person? You like to give that. I like to give. I'm a service person. Got you. That's really dope. Yeah. What about you, Kat? Who who are you at your core? Oh gosh. Um <laughs> I this question is always hard for me. Um yeah. I will say, Amy, I will say, Amy, dude, it is surprisingly you answer that question surprisingly easy um and I think that is very very dope I don't think I've asked that question to anybody on this podcast or not like who hasn't hesitated and you did it and dog that's that's really dope like I definitely <laughs> aspire to to have that definitely one day um the cat sorry to cut you off no it's fine yeah she's anyway um I don't know I I, I think that I'm um, I try to be like a, just a good person to the people around me. Um, I feel like I'm very loyal. Um, and I'm usually like, I'm like the advice giver friend to people, um, just because I can kind of like hear different perspectives and like try, I don't know. And, um, and I genuinely enjoy that. I feel like anytime I get in a conversation with someone, it always ends up going to like a deeper, more emotional space. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes I'm like, you need to calm down. But, <laughs> you know, it's like, I like talking about stuff like that. So I, I don't know. I just like, I enjoy that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who I am, I guess. <laughs> no, I, listen, I totally feel you. Um, every, whenever I answer that question, I answer that very similarly. I think a big theme of my life that I've recognized is that small talk is very awkward for me. Like it is very awkward for me to be amongst people and like, be like, hi, how's your day? How's your day? Mm -hmm. And like, not have like a deeper conversation than that. Um, so I feel that and I feel how that is can be a part of someone's identity because I a thousand percent feel that way yeah. <laughs> so how how did you two meet how how do you know each other um so I think it was I I believe that it was destiny um I had a mutual uh and um so she's going to be a particular part of this story but one night I was at a bar and I was on a dating app and I was not having luck. I had had already two dates. They went horrible. And my friend that was there with me, Jamie, she was like, hey, you are really bad at this. Uh, let me look at people for you. 
and okay. you know, I'll help you find a date, like someone you'll actually like. And I was like, okay. And she came across this beautiful girl with purple hair and purple lipstick. And I was like, okay, she's really cute. And she's like, all right, I'm going to send her a message. I'm going to start the convo, but you like pick up where I leave off. So, um, she I love that. Me. I love that. First of all. <laughs> So she messaged me back and then I was like, okay, to make sure that we're both real, because this has been a problem for me, let's exchange Instagrams. So she gave me hers and I gave her mine. And my friend Lauren was a mutual friend. I know that you're real because you know Lauren. So I trust you and you can tell the rest from there. Um, Okay, so quickly for me, I was on that dating app for a little bit and I hadn't had luck. So I went on to delete it, but I was curious and I wanted to check my messages one last time. So I did and her message was there and something in me, I really can't explain it, which I agree that I feel like it was destiny or like fate, totally supposed to happen um, because something in me told respond um she didn't even have a lot of information on her profile it wasn't like yeah no. I don't know I was <laughs> like I'm gonna take a chance and I did <laughs> and um we talked for maybe a day or two and then met mm -hmm. really soon after that um and had a six hour long date yeah um and just talk the whole time yeah. sober yeah we were just asking <laughs> questions of about like what we loved and you know things that we wanted to do with our lives just kind of wanting to know each other really really deeply was like my thing i just didn't want to waste time i was like if i like this person great i can hang out with them and you know it kind of was more than that after that conversation i was like wow like she's really amazing and she's like super sweet and i like you know, I, I was very hesitant because I'd gone out of a really long relationship. So it took us like six months of dating before we actually said that we were exclusive. Yeah. Got you. So how do y'all get to that point of like exclusivity? Y'all are dating online. Um, this is like your last attempt at being on these apps, um, Kat. So how do y'all get from that point, now y'all are official, to like, dog, this is the one and I am going to get married to this person? <laughs> I, I mean, despite the fact that it took months of, you know, kind of building that relationship and calling it exclusive, I felt that I was, like, I knew I was going to marry her, to put it plainly. Like, I remember telling my friend, like, I'm going to marry this and I think that was like two months in like two months after meeting her and um so for me I was like this is it I felt it I knew it <laughs> um for me uh like my previous relationships I always felt like I was the one chasing like I was always the one trying to like make it work and like mm -hmm. show that person I really wanted to be with them and uh, I knew that Kat was going to be the person I was going to spend the rest of my life with because when we talked about being like exclusive, she was the one that asked. And she was like, I really care about what I want because I want to be with you and you can't give me that, then we should continue this relationship because that, would, that wouldn't be fair to me. And for the first time I had someone saying they wanted me 
that they wanted to be with me that bad. And I was like, I'd never felt that before. And I was like, and I never want to lose that feeling. So that was it. We knew that we wanted to be together. I feel like we both are people that are like, that had that same experience with past relationships where it felt like maybe we were putting in more effort than the other person um, and just feeling like we weren't getting what we felt we deserved and wanted. And when we met each other, it just, it honestly just clicked really well. And we like filled what each of us were missing. Yeah. Man, dude, that's so dope. Like, and (laughs) Amy, I totally feel what you mean. Like that feeling of you know, feeling like you're fighting for like these things to happen or like you're the one that are, that's trying to fit these puzzle pieces together. And then there's just this person and there, it's just easy. Like that is, yeah, that's, that's so dope. That's beautiful. And like, they really fuck with you back. So like, that is just, <laughs> I, I love that for y'all. I love that. So listen, you get married, right? And marriage is a step that you take right how do you decide to create a child together and wait let me talk to my peeps really quick so um a big part of the reason why I wanted these beautiful people to come onto this podcast is to kind of talk about their journey like with fertility um because obviously like fertility is different for a lesbian couple than it would be for like a hetero couple or even like a mixed trans couple or something like that like it's just different you have a different situation and I want to talk about it because this is something that I've personally been very interested in um because I want to have more babies I'm looking to have more babies I'm not like partnered in my life I don't feel like there's a person that I particularly will want to have babies with um so I've thought about like going on a journey of like fertility on my own at this point um which is crazy because yikes but anyways I'm ranting now how the fudge first of all um I think the bigger question in all of this how do you decide to bring a child into this world period did you both know that you wanted kids or how did you decide that well I I knew I wanted kids um I think that was like a huge thing for me um I just knew all like since I was since I knew what it what it looked like to have a kid and I think like the my family dynamic and my parents I was just like my parents were they were okay but they weren't great like they had their they you know having a gay kid and and kind of like doing that I was just like they could have been better and I wanted to be better so I was like I want to be a mom that is like the fucking best yeah like the greatest I want to give my kid everything that they like want and need and um so yeah I I knew oh no can you see me this meeting is being recorded it is being recorded that was a weird sound that I've never heard I've never heard zoom talk to me like that are (laughs) y'all muted or no oh no you're not okay uh but yeah and um I think I asked Kat maybe before we got married, maybe nine months in, I was like, do you want to have kids? Because that's like a huge 
deal breaker for any relationship. Like if someone wants to have kids and someone doesn't. And uh, yeah, you can tell me your answer to that question. Um, I, I went kind of back and forth throughout my life of wanting kids. Like when I, when I was a teenager and way too young, I was like, I want a baby. Um, and then my like later teenage years and early 20s, I spent kind of unsure. Um, I always felt like I didn't have that natural maternal instinct that I saw in other women around me that just, that just felt it and knew that they wanted to be a mom. Um, kind of wondered if something was wrong with me because of that. Um, but it was okay. And then when I, when we met, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it kind of just took like me finding that relationship that I was truly, truly the most happiest in, um, to, to feel like I wanted to do it, but I wanted to do it with her. I wanted us to do it together. Um, as a, as a unit. And that was comfortable for me. Cause I'm like, all right, we're going to do it together. <laughs> like, and it's going to be great. And you know, we can like experience that together and like share our own little love a little bit further, you know, to our, yeah. to our kiddo. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that like, you know, as, as a queer kid, you know, you never think that you're gonna a, a live like the normal white picket fence American life, which is like finding a significant other and getting married and then having a kid. So if, you know, 13 year old Amy could see Amy now, I think that I would, my mind would be blown. I would be like, oh my God, like I have so much to look forward to, like never doubt like anything, you know, never doubt that none of this is gonna happen for you it is just you, you have to give it time and I think like that's the most amazing part of like this journey is that I'm living my own version of like the American dream which is like a queer family about to have a baby you know is it tough living in Austin rent is expensive but it's still amazing every day so uh, I feel that and I love both of the things that you just said and I resonate with them so much on so many different levels right um it I it still baffles my mind that I am a mom right um that you know I I was chosen to have this cool experience right because Kat similar to you I did not feel very maternal growing up ever like I didn't have that thing that I saw the other moms, you know, around me having. Um, and I always like question that about myself. Um, and it really took me, you know, falling in love, having this situation and feeling very comfortable and then carrying a baby and then seeing it. And then now feeling, you know, like, dang, I'm a mother to a thing. And it doesn't have to necessarily look like it did for whoever it looked like, because as long as I'm doing the best that I can to raise like a cool human, um, that's all that matters. And then Amy, you know, like on your side, um, I also, you know, like my parents did the best they could. Um, however, being able to show up, you know, as the parent that you always wanted to be, you know, like, or that you always wanted to have, um, or that, that you kind of 
that you would have felt like more comfortable even having, you know, um, that, that experience is, it, it makes me cry every time, like, because damn, like, there's a little kid that trusts me and confides in me and looks to me in a way that I never had you know like with my parents though I could understand you know all the nuances of them being human you know um dog there's nothing like that so y'all tell me tell me about your journey of fertility how how does this happen um well we we kind of gave ourselves like free like single uh what is it a dual income no kids for like three years so it was nice it was it was nice and then um like right before covid cat finally was just like i think it's time i think like we should you know start our family planning Mm -hmm. and literally right as that was being put into the universe covid hit and it was like stopped all the plans but it was a blessing because like we were able to save a lot of money Mm -hmm. um you know and you know, you pick up from there, my love, you know, what, what um, you did from there. Cause you were the ones that did all the doctor stuff. <laughs> oh. I mean, honestly, like it was kind of a blessing. We literally saved the stimulus that we were receiving. I, um, I work in the beauty industry, so I was out of work for a few months and thankfully got on unemployment, saved all that money. Um, it would have been a lot harder, <laughs> um, of course, to set aside the money to go through the fertility treatments because it is expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, and it worked out because of that. I feel really, really thankful um, that that was something good that came out of it yeah. for us. Um, but we, it was a confusing beginning. I, I didn't know where to go um, as someone in a queer relationship I was like I don't even know what we need what is it called Mm -hmm. like what how do you get pregnant I I had no idea I felt like Google wasn't helpful I was just like I didn't know anyone else that had done it um so I didn't have someone to go to and be like what'd you do you know um so fortunately I um finally found a fertility center, um, in the area. And, um, and that's kind of what you need. You need a fertility center. They consider it fertility treatments. Um, mm-hmm. even if it's not, cause for me, I kind of thought that that was like, just if you were having, I don't know if you were kind of like a heterosexual couple. Oh, having um, fertility. Couple, yeah. I was like, I didn't know that's what they would consider it under for us so when I finally realized that um it was kind of easy from there you know get with your fertility center blood work happened um some paperwork and then um one good thing though is that I um has two kids now with her partner and they um used a specific cryobank she had recommended it to me um a couple years before we even started this process. And I was like, that's the one. And that's where we need to get our donor from because she said great things. And so I knew that that was like the other side to it. Cause you got to have your fertility center or you don't have to, you can do it at home, but we had our fertility center. And then we also needed the, the sperm bank to yeah. get our donor. So, 
Um, that was the beginning. <laughs> I, I don't know why I thought that the fertility center provides the sperm as well. I oh. interesting. <laughs> so are these two separate expenses that you're having? Yes, they are. So I think for us, it was around ten thousand that we saved, and that included uh, three rounds of IUI. Yeah, we did IUI, which is mm-hmm. intrauterine insemination, mm-hmm. um, and that covered most of the like medical expenses, like starting with, and then the three IUIs, and then a little bit more of the expenses after we got pregnant before we moved to our OB and um and the, and the, sperm. And the sperm that also included the sperm so like 10,000 is like what we saved and that yeah. covered pretty much everything up until maybe like the first two months strangely enough um it's donor sperm that is the most expensive the fertility treatments themselves with your doctor and the ultrasounds that's all right I mean that yeah. was it was less, but the donor sperm, I don't know why sperm is so pussy, <laughs> but it is, and it's messed up. Yeah. I disagree. <laughs> like, no, literally. Yeah, like average, I think one vial, one try mm-hmm. of sperm is $1,100. Uh-uh. No, it went up. 1250 Oh, it went up because of, you know, we the paid, economy. We paid 1250 I think paid. it went up recently. It's more than what we pay oh, now. Dang. Well, never yeah. mind. Dude, yeah, for one, one try, one try. Just one try. Mm-hmm. And you said y'all had three. Yes. Okay, got you. That so what on which try did you get pregnant? The third. The third. Interesting. Yeah. Well, what is what is that? What is that like? I guess. What what is the roller coaster maybe of like emotion? like the first couple of times when you don't yeah. get pregnant from from like the partner point of view for me the first one was just like oh this is like you know we're trying so we didn't expect anything and it, it didn't happen and we were like okay that was our test run and then the yeah. second one as you know as like the partner in, in doing this and watching my wife, it was a little bit harder because there was an expectation at that point, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, Kat was a little bit more sad and I could tell, and also like we were taking, um, we had been taking fertility treatment as well. Um, and so I know that her emotions were a little bit higher. So it was a little bit tougher for her. Um, and I like, you know, nothing compares to like, wanting something that bad and it not happening but you know we were looking for it the third time was the charm so yeah yeah so did y'all find out on your wait say that again i'm so sorry oh no no you're fine go ahead (laughs) so did y'all find out on your own that you were pregnant or did you like go back and find out at that point So they recommend, they tell you not to test at home. They tell you to wait two weeks and then you go in for a blood test. And and that way it's a more definitive for sure test. Um, But we tested at home. (laughs) Um, Because why not? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, and I had done that with the other ones too, um, testing Mm -hmm. at home. And for the third one, I tried to not 
test too soon because mm-hmm. that was disappointing. And I yeah. had done that with the earlier ones. So I waited and um, I think it was like 10 or it was four days before when I would have gone in for the blood test um, that we got that positive yeah. test. It was crazy. Best night of my life. I didn't believe what I was seeing, honestly. I'm I had so to sorry. Help. I'm getting like a million messages. So I'm like <laughs> looking at y'all in them. But it's damn, I can imagine that that feeling is crazy. Like, did you feel pregnant this the third time? Did you feel any different? No, I felt nothing. I had no symptoms or anything that people talk about. Nothing at yeah. all. Um. Yeah, it was, it was a surprise, but of course we were like thrilled and it was kind of like disbelief. We literally sat on the bathroom floor for hours, just sitting there, just like sitting there, like staring at it and kind of like, okay, this is, this is happening. Exactly. So, so what feelings did y'all feel? Was it like relief or was it like just gratitude, like disbelief or what? Yeah, it was, it, it was kind of like the same feeling I had like on my wedding day after I said I do. I was like, okay, this now begins. Like that, like the person who I was before I said I do is like that, that person, that chapter's ended. And then when I saw it, I just like, I got overwhelmed with like, okay, this this part of like me being just me and Kat is now like me, Kat, and our baby. So I was just sitting there in shock looking at it because I knew like <laughs> this was the next part of my life, you know, yeah. starting. So Dang. what about for you? What were you feeling knowing that there was like literally something growing inside of you, Kat? <laughs> um, I was in a lot of disbelief and I think that actually stuck with me for a while. I don't know if it's because I'm the one that's carrying the baby. I had a lot of fears too. And I kind of was afraid to believe that it was real. Um, And then I was afraid to believe that it would, that it would last and that I would be able to make it through a healthy pregnancy. Um, So I had a lot of that going on in my head, um, unfortunately. Um, But I was, I had my moment of like happy crying because it was like, it finally hit me that we're yeah. doing this. We did it and we got here. But despite the fact that I've gone through nine months of being pregnant, I'm still just like, really? <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> we did it. <laughs> yes. It's, it's a very interesting, surreal experience. And, um, it might not really click until this baby's in our, in our arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so dope. Um, so how, how have you been staying sane during pregnancy or what has caring for your mental health looked like now after finding out that you're pregnant and after like, or in, in preparing to be a mom, both of y'all. I've had a ton of support from her. Um, she's been like the best partner and like person to go through this with because she just wants to make sure that I'm taken care of and that I have everything I need. And I honestly can't imagine doing it without her. Um, so she's been truly a blessing for me. Um, 
and I've just tried to listen to my body, take care of myself. Um, I try to be as in tune with everything as I can be. I've struggled with my own mental health prior to getting pregnant. Um, and so it's been, I think essentially I've been a work in progress for a lot of years. So that was something that I would try to, to keep and maintain. And, um, but I've, I've been fortunate, you know, I've had a lot of support through her and our friends and people around us. And I've been happy, you know, I, I'm just tired and like feeling <laughs> pregnant lady things. <laughs> yeah. Also, what about for you, Amy? Like what is, what does mental health care look like for you as a person who is sitting here watching your wife, like arguably the most important person to you going through I, all of these things? My like mental health is just, you know, kind of, you know, cat, we have different hours. So when cat's not here, like, you know, her nesting is, her nesting time is like when she gets home until she falls asleep. And like my nesting time is like, okay, like what tasks can I do to like make me a feel like I'm contributing to this, you know, pregnancy that I'm like helping out where obviously she cannot, um, those kinds of things. Like I said, acts of service, like it makes me feel good knowing that like this is completed and I know that she's going to have it a little bit easier. Um, really being creative has really helped my mental health. Like, you know, I'm somebody that obviously always wants to learn. So like, you know, doing arts, watching documentaries, reading, um, kind of keeping my mind at ease, uh, you know, because if you don't like some of that, like what it like the edgy feeling comes in of like, okay, this baby is coming. Like, what have we not done? Like, what do we need to do? And I think that's like really difficult sometimes when there's two edgy people meeting, you know, at a point and we both have to be like, okay, like, we're, we're, we're just on edge. Like, what can we do to like decompress and like get back on the same page and not kind of like feel overwhelmed. So that's definitely something we try to work on definitely as like a partnership is together. Yeah. Always checking in on one another. Yeah. Uh, I love that. And that's how it's supposed to be. And I just feel like y'all are going to raise a dope human. Um, first of all, um, I'm a little biased because I feel personally that queer couples raise dope ass children just off of the simple fact of, I, I think we just need a bunch more accepting humans in this earth. And I feel like people who, I, I, I just love babies and I love when couples love each other and make babies and I am really biased towards queer couples because I've seen it in action a lot of times and I've seen it their babies just thrive in a way that I damn sure was not able to you know like as a kid um but I have a, I have a last question and it's arguably as difficult as the first but um in this process of growing in love with each other and now creating new life what has been the biggest lesson that you've learned each of you this lesson um patience mm. patience and willing to look at anything from the other side 
Got it. I like that. Yeah, I, I, I know I laugh there, so <laughs> definitely got to work on that one. You're trying. <laughs> I'm trying. Look at it from her perspective. Got to look at it from our you, kids' perspective. And you are. And you've done so well. You really have. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been, it's been almost eight years, and I think we've both watched each other grow in a lot of different ways. Because it definitely, we were not always in this place. I feel yeah. like we're out of this place. Um, so yeah, we've watched each other change, grow, learn from each other, learn from the relationship yeah. and what we're doing. And, um, I agree. I think that also learning how to laugh easily and often is actually so important and so helpful in a lot of different situations, because I think that I struggled with that. I would hold on to things that I was like, that we would argue about or fight about, or I would feel. And honestly, we just, we laugh. We laugh through the tension and we can, you know, more quickly move along yeah. because in the yeah. end we love each other and we don't want to fight and we don't want to be feeling, you know, those negative feelings. So yeah. yeah. Aww, well, I love that. So is the baby is, the baby coming any day now is that a thing or do you have like a little bit to go so we're right there could happen at any point yeah (laughs) Uh, so like are your doctors trying to get the baby to come like are you like doing the things or you just kind of waiting it out seeing what happens um, I'm kind of waiting it out. Mm-hmm. I have an appointment tomorrow, so I'm sure we'll talk <laughs> about if anything needs to change or yeah. what the plan is. But I am um, reaching the point of like, okay, I think I'm just going to do all the things that people talk about. Like, I'm going to drink the tea and eat the pineapple, eat the spicy food, and walk. And walk. <laughs> and all, all the stuff. <laughs> just to try to like help it. Yeah, are you over it? Do you want your body back? Are you having that feeling now? Cut out for a second. What'd you say? Oh, sorry. Are you wanting your body back now? Are you like over being pregnant? Um, so at night, especially, is when I'm the most over being pregnant. It's so much harder at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't want to move. I don't want to have to move. And yet somehow at night is when and when I'm trying to sleep is when I have to move the most. Um and yeah, but I, I'm, I'm kind of chilling at the same time. I don't know. <laughs> it's not totally miserable for me. I'm like, yeah. you can stay. I'm like, it's, it's time. Like, it's you can t- come out. <laughs> I know it's time to see us. It's, are you have a, do you no. know the gender? Do you care? It's a boy. It's a boy. Oh, <gasps> so are you just excited to see his face and just get to yeah. cuddle him and things? Yes. So curious to see like what he looks like and what's he, you know, what he's going to be like. And I'm honestly really ready to like raise a good man in the world because we need more of those. Yes. And he has no choice but to be a good one because he's got two mamas. Exactly. Really, he has no choice. (laughs) Exactly. I, 
I am obsessed. Well, Kat and Amy, thank y'all so much for sharing this with me. I'm probably going to cry because I'm so emotional and it just makes me feel so overwhelmingly like grateful that people want to share their stories with me. So I appreciate y'all so, so much. Um, is there anything y'all want to leave my people with? We're like really nice and cool and things. Uh, love each other. I love, love everyone. Because it's like Pride Month is not just about all the all the rainbow people, but it's literally just about love. Yeah, exactly. If we could have more of that in the world. That'd be nice, right? Yeah, right. it would literally be so nice, friends. Well, <laughs> bye, guys. Thank you so much. Y'all have a good night. Oh, and congrats. Welcome back to another episode of OG Says, where I, OG Adriana, say something about something. So. Friends, this week I have something very short and sweet to say as per usual and it is actually a reflection of my own life and it is also, um, I, I was inspired by a meme. So, you know, there's that like this, so there's this meme that's going around of like the little guy from, um, like the creepy little let's play a game dude from Squid Game and he's like, like where he touches the other person's head, but it's, and it's like this beam of light coming from his head. But the meme basically says like when someone, when someone's ego tries to get involved, but you automatically deflect because you're so full of love. Like, and Dominique reposted that, right? And said that that reminded me of her. And y'all, first of all, that is an amazing compliment. That is honestly one of the best compliments besides like you have great energy, just for people to understand how genuinely loving of a person that I am, um, that means the world, right? Because niggas don't be understanding. But I say all of that to say this week's OG says is it don't fucking matter who understands. If moving in love and being this outward loving person, and granted, this is not everyone's ministry, but if being an outwardly loving person is your ministry, if that is your actual calling on this planet to be the type of person to outwardly give love and be unafraid to do that, right? If you are that person, do not be swayed by your own ego, by anyone's ego, by any outside circumstance to move in any other way because your blessings or your 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 fortunes or whatever the fuck your blessings goddamn um will be stifled nigga because you're not moving throughout the world the way you're supposed to move throughout the world right um take me for example right um i had this situation with this little nigga or whatever mr nigga or whatever <laughs> and um i got to a place where i was just like dog if you're not gonna accept my love i'm just gonna be the fuck nigga of my heart's wildest dreams right um when in reality like that's not really who i am um however when i noticed however when i started to move like that and i started to move out of like spite and out of ego and out of like trying to prove a point and trying to be petty um like that really backfired on me spiritually. I was not feeling good with my actions. I was not feeling good with, oh, playing this phone tag. Like, oh, I'm going to wait for this long. So this nigga don't like dog. Like I, I genuinely did not feel good. And I did not feel like I was operating from a space that was genuine to who I am. Um, so 
again, I repeat, if your ministry is to move about this world with love at the forefront, don't let anything deter you from that ministry. Not even yourself. Like, nigga, not even yourself, literally. Um, Yeah, that that's really all I got to say. I feel like I was about to make another point, but the cannabis and it's late. It's a lot going on. But y'all, just do that. Be true to who you are. That It just all goes back to authenticity. Literally, practice radical authenticity. Get to know yourself completely, disgustingly, every little bit about yourself and move in that. Literally move about the world being unwaveringly authentic to who you are. And if that is being loving. Oh, I found my point. See, I knew if I rambled along enough, I would find this point. So y'all back to the OG says point. So a lot of times, right? The world society can really, really make us feel as if being a loving and caring and genuine person who genuinely wants to just spread the energy of love around, um, society can really make make us feel like that is wrong and that that way um and that being that way is not beneficial to society when it, that couldn't be further away from the truth so don't let that deter you don't let shit deter you from moving in your ministry of love goddamn um that being said let's wrap up this episode and i do not know why i'm taking these random pause i think um random pauses rather i think i am kind of practicing for my quiet storm voice i don't know how do y'all feel about adriana on the quiet storm because you know tonight see no nigga now i sound ridiculous okay see it's time <laughs> let's wrap up the episode y'all all right y'all so you know i love ending these episodes with some sort of energetic climate or spiritually led message to guide us into the weeks to come um and I will say I was not planning on pulling from this source today however since I am in the spirit of love I'm feeling very loving and I, I we just got to talk about a lot of love y'all um I decided to pull another poem from or another passage from how to love by the one the only rest his soul thick not han um so yeah i am just asking all of the ancestors of benevolence to come in here on behalf of the collective um and give us some clear and precise messages on what energetically we need to hear for the weeks to come where love is concerned whether that be platonic love whether that be um romantic love whether that be familial love whatever type of love spirit i ask that you give us the motherfucking guidance and clearest message that we can get and that's on the biggest amen ashe all that shit Whew. all right digging deep Practicing loving kindness meditation is like digging deep into the ground until we reach the purest water. We look deeply into ourselves until insight arises and our love flows to the surface. Joy and happiness radiate from our eyes and everyone around us benefits from our smile and our presence. If we take good care of ourselves, we help everyone. We stop being a source of suffering to the world and we become a reservoir for of joy and freshness here and there 
are people who know how to take good care of themselves, who live joyfully and happily. Happily, They are our strongest support. Whatever they do, they do for everyone. Ooh, and that's on digging deep into your motherfucking self. Goddamn word to thick not Han. You already know the homie who I was put onto years ago by Janae Iko. Um, and yeah, that's the show, y'all. Thank you so much for being here. Another special motherfucking shout out to the Padillas, Amy and Kat. Thank y'all so much for coming and sharing y'all's story of fertility on this crazy podcast with my little crazy ass. Um I really hope that the listeners were able to, I really hope y'all were able to, shit, get something. I hope y'all learned something about the fertility journey, um, whether or not you are a queer same-sex couple um, who are looking to make a baby. Um, if you are a cisgendered hetero couple or a cisgendered whatever couple, right, um, I... I hope that you were able to take something away, whether that be something about the fertility journey, um, whether that has to, whether it be something about health and mental health during pregnancy, whether you take away something about love and about partnership. Um, I, I really hope that you took something away from that episode. But now at this point, I am motherfucking rambling, y'all. <laughs> Follow me on all the things. You can follow this podcast Instagram at Organic with OG, uh, um, where you can find all the podcast updates as, as well as aesthetic things. See, at this point, I cannot talk. Um, you can also follow my personal Instagram at OG Adriana, which I use as a little micro blog or a mini, yeah, a micro blog um, where I get myself into a lot of trouble. I sometimes say a lot of things that I don't mean to necessarily say in my stories. That being said, if you want to follow me on Twitter, where I really kind of unsolicitedly spew my brain and then practice the sacred art of tweeting and deleting you can follow me on twitter at og adriana underscore also follow the youtube y'all content july that's all i'm gonna say about that but follow me on youtube at og adriana um nigga you can find me just just find me on the internet somewhere follow the journey follow the movement let's build a goddamn community of healing ass niggas goddamn and white allies if if you just so happen to be here and your skin is pale goddamn you part of the community too as long as i can trust that you're gonna be on the front line and that you're gonna be given reparations goddamn in all form right for um just having just being practicing gratitude for black people allowing you into our spaces goddamn but yeah goodbye that is all that is a, a drops mic a moment on me <laughs> until next episode goddamn bye y'all